Welcome to Three Little Things, a natural health podcast. We've created this space to help you positively navigate the world of holistic and natural well-being, where each week we will explore something new and dive into a diverse range of holistic health topics from all walks of life. As chiropractors, we are equally passionate about helping educate, share and empower you on your well-being journey. Created with you in mind, Three Little Things aims to bring you digestible topics and applicable tools and strategies to help you grow, thrive and live well. So let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode. This is our second little bonus app dropping for you. Uh, I guess Christmas Day it might be for a lot of people or maybe you're not listening to it on Christmas Day but this is our second little bonus ep that we really wanted to publish for the end of the year and this one is all about festivities it's about our mood our energy and how we can make this time of year a little bit more nourishing for our bodies our minds and just our presence I guess so we can just be the very best version of ourselves but also being joyous and enjoying it with the people that we love so Adele has joined us again And by now, all of you should know who Adele is. She's been a recurring guest on our podcast and our episodes, and we really appreciate and value Adele's take on healthcare, on merging, you know, Eastern and Western medicines, and just her advice that she has to give through her own stories and journey as well. So Adele is joining us again, and we are chatting all about how to, yeah, feel our best during the festive time. yeah, Lily, do you want to add anything? Yes, well, we won't say too much because I think Adele has quite a um, chunky episode coming up. And I like the way she, I will sort of put a spoiler alert here. Um, she does finish by saying it's a guilt-free way way to do things because some of the information I will say listening to it, I thought, hmm, I don't think I can start that till um, mid-January. <laughs> but anyway... Hopefully we can take on some of Adele's advice because she does give us some great information on how to stay less inflamed. Because mm. as we know, we've done some episodes in the past about chronic inflammation and yeah. chronic illness. So, yeah. so we will throw to Adele um, soon and we really do hope you enjoy yeah. this episode. Great. Hello again, Sarah and Lily. So we've just been talking about how to stay balanced in summer in terms of the general yoga and diet that we can Uh, choose but it's also worth talking about the unique challenges to staying balanced during the festive season and the holidays uh, because this can have some really big repercussions on our mood and our emotions and our behavior. Now it's lucky that in Australia we have Christmas in summer and why is this lucky? Because it's a time of the heart. The summer as we said in the previous podcast is the time of the heart of being social of lots of light and warmth And that makes it easier to have uh, lots of Christmas functions and end of year functions and to be giving and generous with our time and our energy and our love. But there are some aspects to the festive season that are more difficult to negotiate or to, to keep us healthy. For example, having large heavy meals and lots of eating. So if it's in winter, then heavy meals are more appropriate, but in summer, We really want to have lighter eating and that doesn't really go so well with Christmas and Australia Day barbecues and um, New Year's parties and all those end of year functions that we have. So this can be a challenge that uh, that can get to us if we're not a little bit careful about how we how we eat and, and what we choose to put on our plates. But luckily, many of us have Christmas lunch 
as the biggest meal. So this is a good thing because it gives us time to digest before the before we go to bed, which we know from from the spring podcast that is the time when the liver needs to to digest and and clean out and regenerate um, during the night. So if we eat our Christmas lunch or the, the biggest like our Christmas celebration is Christmas lunch, then we have time to wear it off essentially before we go to bed. It's also good to have our biggest meal, such as Christmas lunch, if that's what we're doing, uh, in the middle of the day because that's when our digestion is the strongest because it's the warmest part of the day in the summer and our small intestine is at its strongest at that, at that time of year and at the time of the day. So we have the greatest capacity to eat a lot and to, to, to process it. And if we're active after lunch, you know, beach cricket or backyard cricket or running around, whatever, being silly, then we can run off a lot of our the food that we've eaten. And then if we don't feel like anything or just a little nibble for, for dinner at Christmas, then, you know, it doesn't matter. Now that comes to alcohol because alcohol can be sort of a substitute for, for, for eating for a lot of people. So some people might not eat so much, but they might drink a lot. And, and some people like to do both, of course. Now, lots of alcohol is slightly better in the summer than in the spring because in summer it's the, t- it's the time of the heart and not the liver, which has to process the alcohol. And if we've done a good job in spring of letting our liver detox and de- regenerate, then we'll have good liver function to cope with a few celebratory drinks. However, it is the time of the heart in summer and the alcohol is not good for our heart or our brain either for that matter, or various other parts of the body. But um, in the heart, for the heart, it's not good. And it's that's the most active time during the summer for the heart when it's trying to heal. So the alcohol will prevent and slow that or it will completely uh, counteract the, the heart's ability to, to heal if we have a lot of alcohol. So if you do suffer from heart or cardiovascular problems, then that's a good time to to reduce alcohol, to avoid it if possible, um, and also heavy meals, particularly with red meat, because we do tend to see a high prevalence of heart and cardiovascular problems during the summer because that's when the heart's more active. So we get likely to get more symptoms and feel the effects of underlying chronic disorders that might not show up during the rest of the year, but, but might show up in summer. So we can we can reduce our alcohol intake that's a great start and have more things like salads and fruits instead. Now, sugar is one of the number one universally understood, um, you know, by science and and Eastern uh, medicines to be detrimental to health, particularly refined sugar. There is a place for naturally occurring sugar, such as in fruits and and the unrefined sugars, but not a lot of it. And summer is a good time to have some fruit, because there's a lot of fruit, there's an abundance of it. If it's ripe, if it's in season and it's local, then it can be a good part of the the diet, also because it's a cooling food. The best way to eat raw fruit, though, is during the hottest part of the afternoon, because it is cooling, and in isolation from other foods. So we don't want to mix it with dairy or meat or bread, because it just creates stagnation and confusion in the gut because there are very different enzymes and 
uh, times for digestion and, and the processes that are required with those other sorts of foods. So it's best to be eaten in the afternoon by itself and then have a break. Let it digest and then you can be ready for, for dinner. The fruit will have been digested by then. Now, when it comes to baking for Christmas, Christmas cakes and puddings and desserts, then obviously we need to use some sugar because most people don't like unsweet desserts. <laughs> but if you can, just completely replace all refined sugar with un refined sugar. So coconut sugar is a good one. Brown rice syrup is a really good one as well. And to use a minimum minimal amount as you possibly can. Also fruits. So fruits in the cooking will help to add a lot of sugar, natural sugar without adding extra sugar. So you, you don't really need a lot of extra sugar, very little. If you've made a banana cake or you've got a fruit cake, there is a fruit cake recipe that's just orange juice and dried fruit soaked in the orange juice. And then, you know, the flour and stuff. So you don't even need to add any extra sugar to that. And it's delicious. It, it, kids love it. No problem. So you, you can really, really cut down on, on sugar of all sorts uh, and particularly refined sugar. And you will find very quickly that food is actually more enjoyable. Even kids will find this. They might not admit it, but they will find that food is more enjoyable if it's not sickly sweet with refined sugars and the body will thank you for it. And if you become, if you're in tune with your body, you'll be able to feel it immediately. And you will also be able to feel that, you know, that, that day and the next day when it will also come back to bite if you've had a lot of sugar. And if you've got kids and have had a lot of sugar, you'll often find there's a doldrums the next day. So that the mood is, is, is low, could be low and, and maybe a bit tantrumy the next day. We'll come back to that in a moment. Another big um, challenge with festival festivities and, and holiday seasons is that they're often for a lot of people there's sort of a continuous party going on so especially for families where there's a lot of Christmas and end of year functions for work and for school there's school concerts and productions and presentations and assemblies and the last day of term and it, you know it just goes on and on starts in November well, actually, it starts with Halloween in our case, and, and we've got birthdays through November. So, you know, it just keeps on going. There's no stop, you know, right through Christmas, New Year, Australia Day, and then various other holidays into the rest of summer. So it can just continue to go. And and apart from being quite exhausting for our nervous system, nervous system, it can throw our bodies out of balance from eating and drinking party food too often and for too long. So... What can we do about it to keep in balance and to keep our energy and our motivation up and, and that lovely sense of, of connection with other people and wanting to connect to other people? We lose that if we get too drained. So I've got three strategies that work really well for, for just keeping nice and stable and balanced through this whole crazy, <laughs> crazy summer season. Take the crazy out of it. Number one, strategy number one, is if you're going to a party, Take a dish and a drink that you know will be satisfying and enjoyable for you and that will reduce your need or your craving to, to indulge in all the other delicious-looking treats. My go-to tends to be soba noodle salad, which is soba noodles and lots of fresh vegetables and herbs and, and some you know toasted sesame oil, a um, bit of tamari, that sort of thing, and, and some seeds. Absolutely delicious. Everyone loves that salad. So if I want to get some, I have to get in quick. Otherwise, I miss out. 
And I like to bring sparkling water. And if I have it in a champagne flute, it feels really festive, especially if I've put strawberries and mint or watermelon or lime, anything that's just a little bit fresh and sparkly in there. And you feel like you're having a party and you feel cool and clean and great the next day. But also nowadays, there are so many de-alkalized wines and beer on the market and kombucha that you can you can go without the sugar, without the alcohol and with something that will leave you feeling good and will feel celebratory at the time. And people won't just frown at you for drinking tap water because that is pretty boring, admittedly. Just make sure that you check the label on any of those products because often they'll have quite a lot of sugar and you don't want to be just drinking lolly water because it defeats the purpose. So you look at the nutrition panel, you look at the, the sugar content, it'll be carbohydrates and it'll be sugars, and it'll say how many grams out of 100. And my, for me, my rule is about, you know, if it's under three grams in 100, that's 3%, then, you know, that's probably acceptable. If it's five and up, I'm like, nah, too sweet just too sweet. So it's up to you, personal preference, but the lower the sweetness, the better. Now, number strategy number two is the 80-20 rule. So you eat super healthy during the week and then you let yourself eat whatever you want to at a party. And you, you also eat more relaxed during the weekends in general. But you just have to make sure you get back to super healthy on Monday or as soon as you can after the party. And ideally do no more than two days in a row of party food. And that's a really good way to allow yourself to indulge and enjoy and be celebratory without feeling you know, guilty or like you're out of control. It's just to give yourself those little boundaries, you know, and it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to count exactly how many days or anything. You just, if, if you think weekends are for indulging at least a little bit and the weekdays are not, then you'll be a long way towards keeping balanced. And then strategy number three is to find a focus other than food that helps to light up your spirit. So if you can learn to mostly ignore the food table and instead spend your time and your energy on doing other things that make you feel uplifted and joyful and, and social and happy, then you'll be able to, to connect to your heart, your, your spirit, your shin with those satisfying activities. And then you just won't feel the need for food and drink as an emotional comfort or to make you feel at ease with the, with yourself and in a social situation. And it could take a bit of practice, but for example, you can learn to love chatting to people or to anyone, to just listen to them, to ask them questions and to be just really interested in them and look for their spirit, their shin, what's, you know, what makes them glow and sparkle. And then you don't need food because you've, you've just got that heart connection that we want. That's what we're trying to get from food as well. We're trying to get that, you know, emotional connection. But if we can do it just by connecting directly to people, then that's that just undercuts the whole food issue. Another option that I love is to play music. So either you can play a musical instrument or you can improvise with, you know, the kids, drums, whatever is at hand, or you can play music that's recorded and dance. That's an awesome way to, to, to lift the, the spirits and sing. Absolutely fantastic way to to um, directly connect to the heart of your heart and everyone else's. You can play sports, you can swim, you can play on the beach, cricket, finska, bulls or patonk. Those are all great social things that you can do. Or you can be creative, make something, 
You can even make something like a, like a fairy garden. This is just su- super fun with kids, especially little ones. They love making fairy gardens. It could be outside in the bush or in the backyard. At the beach, you just find stuff and arrange it beautifully. And it you can it's so satisfying. Like even if you're, you know, 50 or 60 or 80, it doesn't matter. It's it's really satisfying thing to do. And it helps you to de-stress and just enjoy people. And you don't have to have an agenda. You can just be there, just just interact with people, makes things easier. And another tip is that if you are the host, then let others help you. So it takes the stress out of it and it becomes more enjoyable. Um, and if you're not the host, then help the host. You know, just just be part of the, the general helping. It might be the washing up, might be serving people and make that as part of the, the way that you can interact with people and and you can generate the social butterfly feeling even if you're not a social butterfly by doing that. Now, all of those things are important because the diet and what we eat and how we choose to behave, all of that's important because it affects our mood and our emotions and how we feel in ourselves. And food particularly has a really direct, strong effect on on our mood. And it might, might not be immediately obvious, but it will it will show up maybe that afternoon or the next day. And if we're having the ongoing parties, it can start to dip us down into an emotional roller coaster that is not pleasant for us or anybody around us. So why is this? This all comes down to the gut-brain axis. So this is where the, the enteric nervous system, which is in the gut, it's a neural network in the gut. It's a very important system. And it's called, it's so important, it's often called the second brain. And this connects directly to our brain. That's the gut-brain axis via nerves. The, one of the most important and largest is the vagal nerve, which is a super highway of nerves, which is a direct and fast connection between the gut and the brain. And so what we eat will directly affect our brain and how we think and what we how we feel and how our gut is in, in general, how healthy it is will have a very strong impact on, on our brain, particularly the small intestine, um, which is which is prevalent and, and active in summer. That has a very strong effect on our intellect, on our, on our thought and our creative processes, or the opposite, and it turns into more of a, an agitation and, a cl- you know, we can't think properly, we're too, too agitated. So getting the gut healthy is super important. Part of this is because a lot of neurotransmitters are made in the gut. So this is, it used to be thought they were all made in the brain, but it's actually quite the reverse where the gut produces a lot of our neurotransmitters and when they're dysregulated, it's associated with irritable bowel syndrome and other gut disorders, with depression and anxiety, um, with neurodegenerative disorders such as Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's. It is increasingly being discovered to be absolutely vital to have healthy gut function so that we have a healthy body in general. All the chronic diseases tend to relate very strongly to our gut function, and that's been known for thousands of years in TCM and in in the, the Indian medicine, traditional medicine, Ayurveda. And what's been discovered is that the, the serotonin, which is called the happy hormone, is another name for it, it's a neurotransmitter that about 90, 95% of that serotonin is made in the gut. And dopamine, which is also called a pleasure hormone, about 50 to 60% of that is also made in the gut. 
So these these are very important mood stabilizers. And so we need to make sure the gut is healthy in order to have the right uh, regulation and, and function of those neurotransmitters or, or hormones. And what is really important to regulate them is, you probably guessed it, it's the gut flora or the gut microbiota. So these, these little bugs in our body, in our gut, lots of bacteria and other organisms, they help to regulate the levels of neurotransmitters that we produce in the gut and to influence the level of um, inflammation in the gut. And these strongly affect our mood and determine our food cravings. And the, 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 the microbiota or microflora, it, it directly, so it sort of indirectly affects our, our mood well, directly affects our mood through the neurotransmitters, but it directly also affects our food cravings because if we eat something, then that whatever bacteria digests that thing will want more of that thing. So, for example, if we eat lots of sugary foods, then the bacteria that like sugar will multiply and then they'll demand more sugar and then we'll crave more sugar to feed those same bacteria the next day. And then we eat a bit more sugar and we more have more bacteria. And then it even it escalates. It keeps on growing. It's a vicious circle. So, and then if it's if it is sugar we're eating and, and craving more of and those bacteria growing up, then that leads to inflammation and dysregulation of the neurotransmitter levels and, and all sorts of other problems. Leaky gut, for example. So the, the only way to stop that vicious cycle or the best way is to eat the healthy food that we want to crave. And then we will start to grow up the bacteria that supports us eating the healthy food. And it's much easier if you remember the 80-20 rule and you eat very healthy most of the time and just sometimes, maybe it's not 80, maybe it's not 80-20, maybe it's maybe it's 90-10 or maybe it's 95-5 or something. You know, if we just have a little bit of the party food and and a lot of the healthy food, then we can keep those bacteria in a good balance. And I have a number of research papers that you might uh, like to share, Lily and Sarah, uh, and a blog that you might like to put in the blurb for people to follow up on. So that brings me to the three little things for staying balanced through the, the summer season, the festive season and the holidays. So number one, if you're generally healthy, then it is okay to indulge a bit at Christmas and at parties and enjoy yourself. In fact, it's a good thing, especially if you make a pact with yourself to eat healthy foods for the rest of the time. The second little thing is to be guilt-free because guilt may be more damaging than the party food. But if you make a conscious decision about what you're going to eat and what you're going to bring to parties and maybe doing the 80-20 rule, then, and you've, you've given yourself these boundaries, then it can be much easier and clear cut whether it's okay and when it's okay for you to indulge. So then when you do, you can just relax and enjoy and, and, and have whatever it is that you've decided is okay for you to have. So guilt-free, very important. Number three is to nurture your gut flora like a garden. So tend it like a garden. So remember that it's your gut flora that determines your food cravings. What those bugs want to eat is what you want to eat. So you feed it the healthy food that you want to crave, and then you will. And it gets easier and easier as you choose the good food and you have your little army of good bacteria in there working for you and supporting you and, and asking 
for the good food. Maybe they're asking for the salad and the and the you know the healthy protein sources and the and the good grains and they, and they they look at the chips and they just go ah no thanks and they look at the lollies and go ah too sweet. So those bacteria will give you those feelings if you just grow them up, the good ones. So that's about it from me. I hope everyone has an awesome festive season. Have a great Christmas, New Year, and just remember to indulge without guilt when it's appropriate for you. So thank you very much. Us again. I hope you loved that episode. I know Lily and I really loved listening to that. And I think Adele just shares a wealth of knowledge. And I guess we pre-framed it from the beginning of this episode, but it all, yeah, coming back to being guilt-free and us being able to choose and have that um, empowerment to choose how we approach it ourselves. So there's no one look fits all for everyone. It's always about the individual and for each of us choosing our path forward. So I think Adele referenced that a few times with the 80-20 rule, or maybe for you it's 90-10 or whatever it fits in for you. But at the end of the day, it's about doing the best for our body so we can feel the best. And it's not a guilt thing or a being too strict thing for any other reason than helping our bodies feel the best. Also, as we have had this podcast for a couple of years now, and we began it really because of one of the lockdowns we had during the last few years and out of frustration of people getting stressed about what to do or not to do and not feeling any agency. Uh, after a couple of years, we've realized that there's so much good information out there that we can exercise all on our, our own at home, you know, even just mm. doing some basic research with your health practitioner. And also listening to some other interesting podcasts which we have come across over the years. So there's a guy called um, Andrew Huberman, who's a neuro-ophthalmologist. And for some strange reason, a lot of our episodes seem to collide with <laughs> a bit of his information. So of course, everything's about um, sugar being inflammatory. Mm. And there's a really good recent episode that he interviewed a guy called Dr. Robert Lustig. And very long, three hours, yeah. but very comprehensive, and I think quite easy to, to follow in the end. And also he mentions um, yoga nidra, but not in the yoga nidra sense. He calls it NSDR, which is non-sleep deep rest. So it's interesting how we are moving to that whole idea of our nervous systems being um, very important in how inflamed um, we feel and, and mm. what control actually we do have over all this. So thank you once again for being a great audience. We've had a lot of fun. Yeah, we have. Got some things in the store next year, haven't we? We do. Looking yeah. forward to 2024. That'll be our, what, our third year. Yeah. yeah. And there's this one particular guest that um, I've known for a while, and I'll quickly preface this. Um, she and I became close over her son having had um, a birthday aneurysm, mm. a stroke when he was 13. And he was in an induced coma for three months. And then when I went to visit him um, and his journey from now, from then to now, so now he's 16 and and that will be a really good story. I'm really looking forward to, to speaking with Claire next year. Yeah, me too. Mm. I think it's going to be a wonderful episode. Amazing. Thank you, everyone. Again, have a wonderful Christmas and a new year and we will see you in 2024. A quick disclaimer, these episodes are not intended to replace help, treatment or advice from your healthcare professionals. The information in today's podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not designed to diagnose or treat any conditions. This is just a friendly reminder that we do not know you or your child or those around you and therefore do not know your specific needs. Please seek guidance from your healthcare professionals surrounding your concerns.